I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The day's here. The time has come. A lot of people have been asking for her for a very long time. It's finally going to happen. Laurel Holloman's going to join us. Laurel Holloman. And we're going to get the other side of the psyche of the relationship of Bet and Tina. We're going to get Tina's side. We got Jennifer's. And also about where Laurel has been for 10 years. Yeah. Laurel or Tina? Laurel. Tina's a fictional character. She could be off in Mars for all I know. What? Like, Kate. Do you didn't know? <laughs> no, but I... Oh, God. Did I just... But I think people want to know. Oh, God. Did I ruin the fantasy? I think people want to know where Laurel's been. Did you think Tina was real the whole time? I did. You just fucking blew my mind. I'm sorry. I think they want to know where Laurel's been and also want to know where Tina's been. I want to know where Laurel has been. Where has she been for 10 years? I mean, I know some of it. I know a little bit, but she really just like discovered and created a whole new prosperous career. So how did you do that, Laurel? She did. She did the dream. I want to know. Yeah, she just took a side road and was like, I'm going to derail this acting gig that I've been doing my whole life. And I'm going to yeah. follow my love of painting. I so respect people who do I know. that. And not only did she follow it, like... Let me see where this goes. She's really successful. Exactly. Like she shows in Italy all the time and she's, her art is hung in these big fancy places. We're going to find out. What's the secret sauce to this? I like that you're always wondering what the secret sauce to things are, is. Whenever. Because there's some ingredient that makes it work. Aren't you curious? Yeah, but like what happened the other day with Wild Horses, you realized in the middle of the podcast that you yourself were doing the thing you were asking how one would do. Sure. That's one thing. Oh. But she's a painter. I, I'm not a painter. You are a painter. So you, you could probably understand this more. But I just think that takes tremendous courage. And I'm just curious, like, what are the steps? Yes, it definitely takes courage. To, take, I mean, to be that prosperous I think in for, it. You know, it's when you read those stories where it's like a woman who worked on Wall Street for 30 years. And had an epiphany. Decided to quit her job. And become a yogi. And moved to upstate New York 
we and started a ostrich farm. You know, you you read those stories. It's sort of similar. Yeah. Minus the birds. But I love that. And I and I admire people who do it. Maybe I'm just too fearful to do it, but I admire the ones who do. That's all. I disagree. I think you've got those guts. You've got you've got guts like that. I'm not gonna like dig into the minutiae with Laurel and waste every time everybody's time for thirty minutes to like satisfy my curiosity. Right. We have a lot to cover. But... Those are phone calls you can make afterwards. Exactly. I can bother Laurel when we're done with this and just, you know, talk her ear off for two hours following. Laurel. Well, there she is. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Press record, doll. Ding Boom. dong. I heard the beep. <laughs> well, welcome to Pants, Laurel. Hi. Well, it's great to see you. Welcome to Pants. I like it's like a place now. I'm, I'm really excited to be in the Pants Club. You've always been in it. <laughs> we're excited to have you. And a lot of people have been asking for you. So we're glad that we can finally make their dreams come You're true. You're pretty much number one requested guest. Yes. Yes. Most requested. Really? Yes. Yes. I'm glad we got oh. you because I know you're a you're a jet setter. Oh well, I'm I'm ha- I'm here, man. I'm not. I haven't been anywhere. Oh, you haven't. Okay. I, I went to Texas, but we talked about that. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I knew you went somewhere. Okay. So anyway, Laurel. So okay. So what should we talk about? Well, where do we start? Because you had a complete career overhaul in the ten years that we had been yeah. together. It's like I I fell I fell down this rabbit hole. Exactly. <laughs> like, and you did it very well. Right. Well, so what happened? So we all said goodbye. We hugged each other. What a tremendous time we had up, you know, in Vancouver shooting the show. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. And then a year later, you're like showing your paintings at like somewhere in Italy. And everyone's like, what, 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 what? Uh. And they're like the new young artist, Laurel Holloman. I don't think that happened. <laughs> I didn't happen in a year. I didn't happen in a year. <laughs> okay, well, it felt that way. I guess we'd go back to 2010. A decade right. passed. That's true. Which was a year after we wrapped. Well, we wrapped, I think, in 2008. So 12 years. Well, okay, here, here was my little journey. I'll try to put it in a little nutshell. I went to New York because I really wanted to kind of get back to Manhattan because we did six years Vancouver, LA. I was like in the middle of a separation. So, you know, that kind of place where you kind of have to reinvent yourself. I wasn't planning on like changing my career. I was still reading and stuff. And I was living in a loft in Tribeca and my business manager at the time had helped me to get this loft. And it was like Hudson and Canal. Nice. Which, like, for a New Yorker, that's like a really cool yeah, space. Absolutely. And um, I didn't know this until I got in there, but it was like below Laurie Anderson and Lou Reed. And I would get in the elevator and Laurie Anderson was there and I could hear her doing like oh dance God. steps above me. I was kind of crashed there with a two-year-old, a five-year-old. I had thrown Lola into kindergarten at PS6 in a village. <laughs> and um, we, I made a lot of friends by like doing that. And I did this kind of hippie thing where I went there with the nanny that was with us on sixth season and my two-year-old and Lola. And I was like, okay, I'm going to audition because that's what I do. And I think I read for something like In Treatment. Do you guys remember that show, In of Treatment? Course. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was just kind of doing my thing, you know. I was painting a little bit like in the hiatuses, but I was like, you know what? This is probably the best way to heal from this divorce or the beginning of the separation is to dig in and do something I've never like to commit to like a, a whole show where wherever these paintings go I don't know what's going to happen and you had studied right you had studied yeah um I did but I studied more sculpture at UNC Chapel Hill and I did like a little bit of painting 
And then sometimes I would just paint for friends to fill space in their house or something. Um, But it was a kind of thing like an undergrad, like when my art teacher was like, you should keep going. Like, I really like the work you're doing. And I was kind of like, yeah, right. And be an artist. You're like, I'm an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was doing plays. Yeah. I was doing plays and stuff. And that's what I was doing. I was headed to be an actor. Like that was in the forefront. Also early on in New York, I, I dated someone that was a painter. So like I was kind of around that for a while. And I actually saw like how hard it was. And I also saw how subjective it was. And it's difficult. Yeah. But I don't think what I was doing at that time wasn't really a career shift. I think it was more personal. It was really about, like, how do I survive this, like, really painful time in my life when I also have to, like, parent such little kids? And at the time, um, my ex was in China. So, like, it was, like, full on me, like, being a parent at that time, you know. And he's very much involved. We co-parent. Right. But you felt like a single parent in New yeah, York. Yeah, and, and that's crazy in New York City because getting around on the subway is intense with little sure. kids. It, 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 yes, it is. Yeah, absolutely. I know you guys are both in New York, so I don't know how you feel about this, but I think it's something you could relate to. There's, like, something about New York because you go back to those early... Like, Leisha, I know we've talked about it. Like, early acting classes or, like, one place that you might have waited on tables or where you went to go see bands or I mean for Alicia it might be like where you played or but I needed to go yeah, back there's a there's a memory on every corner yeah yes. absolutely yeah like you kind of walk down you know like oh I remember I met that person in that bar sometimes if, if when I'm like just visiting visiting New York now I'll not even be looking at the streets or in the neighborhood and I'll I'll do really long walks and I'll get a feeling like, and I'm like, I know this. And then I look up and it's where I spend a lot of time or like, it's, it's sort of like it never, the energy never shifts from what kind of locked in at that age. Yeah, I, I agree. When I used to live in New York, I lived all over the city. Every time a lease was up, I'd be like, all right, well, I guess it's time to move. And so I'd move into a new neighborhood. So anytime I'm in New York, I'll look around. I'll be like, I used to live down that street. I used to live up that block. Oh, I used to live right here. Oh my God, I love that. So you yeah. kind of felt a freedom, like you were there on your own with your children, like entering back into this love. Yeah, I think what it was is I was, you know, probably like anyone that's like freshly out of some, like a tenure relationship, I was a little bit lost and then also a little bit crazy, you know, and it, and so those two combined, it's hard to, you know, when you're parenting, you have to be pretty grounded. So I, I was like, okay, how can I be available for, you know, kids at this age and also still be creative. I didn't really want to go right back onto a show with a nanny because that's how I pretty much did six seasons. You guys remember that. Like it was uh, me and this amazing woman, Liza. She kind of became like a little sister to me. I painted that series and it was pretty therapeutic. I didn't know where that was going to land. I was planning on showing them after I showed someone that I trusted that like, hey, come look at this and tell me if I should just like not show this to anybody. What happened was I went back to LA and went back into my house. And around that time, we decided to launch it on the internet instead of having a show. And and this is also because at the time I was trying to get my daughter into first grade and get back into my house because I started to realize I wasn't going to be able to stay in that loss forever because they were coming back. Did you regret coming back to LA? Were you so upset to leave New I York? needed it, I think, for the kids. Like, I wanted yeah. them to have a yard and, a gra- and grass and, like, be in their home. I think there was still a question of, do I try right. in this 
relationship again. So there's a lot going on. You know, it was like a hundred different decisions being made. That collection ended up being sold out in about three months. From that, I got offered a sponsorship. And that's kind of where it unfolded based on these five particular paintings. And what does that mean when you when you get a sponsorship? What does that mean? What it happened for me, it was an art foundation in Italy that um, is different than the traditional sort of gallery where you might take a 50-50 cut. It was more like, we'll provide a studio, but it's more like a 60-40. Because like, I was thinking about trying to go to graduate school. And, and for me, it was more like, well, what do I do? I got two kids to go back on a show. Like there were a bunch of different things. Right. And, I'm, and I'm also still like auditioning through all this, right? And, and probably on an emotional level, not so, my heart wasn't in it. You know how like you just you have certain times in your life and you're like, whoa, something's not engaging. I can't get the the firework to snap. Do you, you think know? some of it had to do with the fact that we were so intensely working for six years and then just to leave that and to jump onto a whole new ship with that kind of schedule? Yes. That's a lot. Completely. And I'm I'm gonna be honest, you guys, I had a really good time doing this show Gigantic because it was some of our writers, like it was Angela and it was also someone from Angel, Marty Noxon, who's just like really creative and amazing. So I had that kind of experience, and that was fun. And then I went and did, like, one episode. Oh, right. Well, I'm just going to say it. I did an episode of Castle. Was that just the end where you're like, I'm out? <laughs> and the guy, one of the producers said, oh, that's it. I was like, I need a break. I'm going to say this now that the Me Too movement has has passed. Say it. Literally, like, and I'm, I'm, like, doing one of those typical scenes where you go and you're, like, open the door, and then you have to cry like crazy because your husband's dead or something, and now the guy's talking to you, you know? That kind of thing, right. right? Sure, sure. Yeah, all in service to the husband. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And one of the producers like, oh, well, like, uh, I can't believe you did the L word for six years. You must have been in your underwear a lot. What? Oh, God. Are you serious? And the heat just, like, mm. went into my throat. And I walked back to my trailer after that. And I was just yeah. floored. I was, I was so angry. And I realized I had been in this bubble. Mm -hmm of stories that were wonderful and beautiful and about women. Mm -hmm. And this guy mm -hmm. was just tearing them down. Right. Trying to make it base level male. Yeah. As he's yeah. making Castle. Who gives a shit about yeah. Castle? <laughs> yeah, he's making money. <laughs> so, I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch it. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. So it, yeah, it just was like it was a it was like jumping into a cold, cold pool. So that probably was a catalyst for you, right? That you were like, all right, it was a catalyst. It was a huge catalyst because I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get this lightning in a bottle right. again. I don't know if I'm gonna have a chance to tell these stories again. And but I also think it was influenced by parenting two really little kids by myself and you come in life and you need certain things you're like do I need money right now do I need my time right now like what's the asset what's valuable and I would say at that point what was really valuable was my time how can I not have them be raised by nanny how I need time I need to control my time and so there was that element of how could I control my time? And so somewhere all these things converged. And the main thing was, and I'm very grateful to the sponsor, and I, I always will be, because it got me three years of painting. It got me to the Venice Biennale. 
there are definitely things I tried in that time frame that I didn't get. I did grants, I did proposals, I did I did a solo proposal for the 2013 Biennale, but only got into the group show. So I don't want to paint it like everything was handed to me. There were definitely lots of bumps in the roads and lots of times where didn't always know what I was doing. But what I was, which was which was a great thing, which I was cur- encouraged by a lot of wonderful people. Um, Leia Mattarella, who was the curator of my Berlin show and the curator of the Venice Biennale. Um, she's a co-curator. Just a, certain people that, and I found this in Europe, not so much in the United States, they, they don't really care whether you've done something else. Like in Europe, they're like, oh, yeah, like you're in a band, right, Lisha? And then you also like paint or you do a little bit of this. or you- Right, I hate when people box you in and they're like, oh, I... I'm only going to look yeah. at this one thing. And if you branch out, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, you seem selfish or something. Mm-hmm. Or like, <laughs> And God forbid if you do something on TV, because they, they think it's so much easier, right? Oh, you were on American TV. So, And what I found in Europe is like, they don't see it that way at all. Like, for example, one of the guys that was in the Biennale with me, he's the editor of La Repubblica, which is like the New York Times. So like, he's a, he's a journalist, you know? And he was a great guy. He also had adopted kids. We bonded and... So what I was realizing over there is like to branch off and do something else, like, oh, you want to direct a little bit, you want to paint. They just merge being artistic into one big bubble. Oh, that must be nice. How refreshing. Well, I want to move there. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it was kind of a, a, a safe environment. And so what happened in that time frame is I was controlling my time. I was controlling what I was doing. But... Also, I was always nervous, like, is this door opening because of TV or is it opening because of the work I just did? And so kind of that was the undercurrent, which made me work harder. It made me work on the weekends. It made me work late. It made me, whenever I didn't have my kids, I'd stay in the studio till like two in the morning sometimes. I had a similar experience with my band, like not knowing if people were showing up because they wanted to see Alice, you know, singing or whatever, (laughs) playing a guitar. Or if they really like the music. And I had the same thing where I was like, I'm going to prove this is something I've done way before any of it. And this is something that means a lot to me. And and then I started to see slowly, it, they were music fans. They weren't they weren't there to see the character anymore. But Leash, I just have a question. Like, what, 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 I, I can think of a moment for me. What was the moment where you're like, whoa, oh, this is about the music and I, and I, and you, and you knew it and you felt good. Like, can you remember a specific moment or is it many moments? I can, well, I remember feeling the difference because when, when we first started, I, there was this couple of women that were standing right in front of me on my side of the stage. They were right below and they kept screaming, Alice, smile. Why aren't you smiling? Alice, smile. And I was like, like meanwhile I'm trying to play a show it was just really and I and I had a moment where I didn't think I could do it anymore because it was frustrating and then slowly people start stop calling that name out and then you'd hear other audience members yell at those people like she's not Alice (laughs) (laughs) over time they were all work they were working it out down there and then over time like it just stopped and (laughs) You know, you tour, tour more and more, and then they keep coming back. You're like, they have to be here for the music at this point. That's you know? the curse of television. Yeah. It is kind of the curse. I mean, it, it is. It is. It's the curse of TV. You're in someone's house every week. And you went on to play another character, another great character, a totally different character. What? Oh, on Ray. Yeah, sorry. I Sorry. Okay. Is that like okay. a blur? 
Yeah. <laughs> what was I doing? She's like, where was I? No, I'm what just saying I that you can still be on TV and do creatively doing something completely different. Right, That's right, right. Not but shame. I wasn't doing what you two are yeah. doing where it's like, you're, you know, you're presenting two different facets of your talents. I was just sticking to like one thing. So I can understand the frustration. Yeah. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What I was going to say is going back to our magical Canadian bubble that we were all so lucky to be in, Leisha and I asked Jennifer when she did it, you know, the one couple that really has stood the test of time are you and JB, Bet and Tina. We asked Jennifer what her opinion, why, why she thought that was. We want to know why you think that is. They're still incredibly passionate. And when you came on last year, Jesus fucking Christ. Heads exploded. I mean, like I thought people's heads were going to blow off. But what do you think it is about that couple that really hooked people? What is that magic ingredient that, that makes you to connect to the audience and why they have such a deep investment? Well, do you think it's the time? Because you guys were together for the first seat. Like we met you in the pilot and we ended with you in the finale and it was continual. Like, do you think it had something to do with the synergy between you and Jennifer? What was it? You know, I, I can't answer for her, but for me, it was just like a... I just think that we had a lot of mutual respect. Being in the business as long as we were when we got that, there was this sort of sense of, whoa, I'm not orbiting around some guy, you know, to be the wife or the, you know what I mean? It was like, these are going to be two fleshed out women. You're not answering the phone in the kitchen being like, what? What happened? Where are you? Oh, honey, let me do your dry cleaning. Even though I think I did pick up her dry cleaning once. (laughs) (laughs) I think you did, actually. (laughs) That's great. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But it was all the levels of being a couple. I mean, my character also had a miscarriage and, like, lost, like, didn't have a job, but then had to rediscover herself, then had a new relationship with with Rachel. Hello, Rachel. (laughs) Oh, I forgot you and Rachel dated. I totally forgot that one. That's funny. Yeah. And I was so pregnant. Back to dating men. and um, <laughs> When you say mutual respect, are you talking about the two of you? You and you and Jennifer had a mutual respect for the, the art and the characters? I, I'd like to say mutual respect for each other. And then a, res, 
a respect for what Eileen was was doing and the gift that she was giving. Right. Because to me, I don't know how you guys felt when you got cast and then when we got through the pilot. I just felt giddy. I felt like happy and I never stopped smiling for seven years yeah I felt like I was on drugs I was so yeah, happy yeah I felt high yeah high and, and being on the other side of it we we value it just as much like you still know that was such a oh, special yeah. experience it was total lightning in a bottle yeah. I mean it was something mm-hmm. I remember all of us just getting the pilot done and then didn't we have like a couple of extra weeks because we reshot a couple of things there was like a cast replacement there was a cast replacement <laughs> yeah yeah, there was a cast. There was a cast replacement. We had to we had to shoot one particular scene at Bet and Tina's house in the pilot like three separate yeah. times. It was like the never ending party. Oh my god! Yeah, and the, the, it, we kept going. Right? Oh my god! Are you having like a? Yeah, it was like a dream you couldn't get out of. You're like deja vu. I've been in this outfit, and it was Bet and Tina. Stop having parties. Jen had the really Jennifer had the curly hair, like she had the kind of curly yes. hair and the kind of. Kind of on this and the robe, Indian she robe. She looked like Jesus. Yeah, she looked like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Your hair like, was your hair was like to your shoulders and curly, Laurel. I remember that it was like curled under. Yeah, like a bob. Yes. Yeah, and I felt like we had to redo a whole. I mean, we were there. Yeah. We were in that scene a lot. There must have been like a hundred setups. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was a big party scene with extras. Please, like Bet and Tina, no more parties. <laughs> like, I, that's how we all felt at the end of that. Did you know that Bet and Tina were? were going to be so special or do, were you kind of realizing it as we were filming? There was a moment I remember where we had to reshoot um, a love scene because Showtime was like, bring it on, like spice it up. And and I think that Jennifer and I were like, we're kind of like athletes in a way. You're like, oh, you want us to bring it on? All right, here <laughs> yeah. we go. You're like, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> and I remember like we... Challenge accepted. Yeah. Okay. You want, you want more? Here you go. And like, and, and it was so sweet because it was Rose Trochet. She was so awesome. And I just love her so much. And she always gets a little best, embarrassed about sex scenes. Remember she how she used to get she really She does. Girly? She gets bashful. She gets bashful. Oh, yeah. And she got really Fair. bashful even trying to give us that information. And we were both like, okay, Rose, just yeah. spit it out. What do they want? Like, tell us what they want. Remember that? <laughs> like, and Of course. Then when she got it, she pulled Jen and I into the trailer and she showed us a couple of cuts. And we just like, I think we high-fived or something. Right. We were like, yeah. Awesome. Okay, that's good. That's amazing. Yeah. And, but it was that kind of energy all the time. I mean, it was that kind of feeling of if they were challenging you with something, you wanted to go there. Like, I remember at first when I was pregnant, I was like, you want me to like be pregnant? Like, like they, on screen, <laughs> you know, and then that went a little bit right. further, but it, it was, I always felt safe. Like I always felt like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this here. And the directors yes. were really amazing. I think we were blessed. I see, I'm friends with all these directors. I see what they're doing now. I'm Facebook friends with most of them and they're all really talented and amazing. Incredible. We had the Incredible. best roster of directors. You're right, man. What yeah. a like what an incredible group and we had also a very respectful crew so you i always i can only speak for myself always felt incredibly safe around them oh we all did Remember yeah neil bob andrew oh, eddie yeah. they were so great all of, them. all of them and i think when you have that for six years you're in a bubble and always i love this about eileen like if there was something i didn't understand why the character was doing or i had a question her door was open always like it was open hey come talk to me about it Uh, There was a really important scene with Helena where 
the seduction was there, but I was like, how do I do this seduction when, you know, literally I was like seven months pregnant. I was like, how, how is Tina feeling? Like, how can we make it? And we just, we kind of rewrote it right then. And she was so open. She came up with all, all these ideas and it was just so easy and quick, the change. Mm-hmm. That yes. is a gift. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you guys felt this way, but there was always such a through line of depth. You know, that's why when the stupid castle guy said the thing about the panties, I wanted to smack him. I was like, did you really watch the show? Right. You know, this is about relationships. Yeah. It's about family. Yeah, it's- exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I can't even go there and get mad. <laughs> yeah. He's reducing like being a woman down to- and being gay on top of it. Just being in your underwear. No, that's appalling. Yeah, and taking all the humanity and love and depth out of Seriously, it. Seriously, fuck that guy, whoever he is. I-, I went to Europe a lot and I-, I really saw how far this reached. And I was wondering if you had an experience yes. where you were like, whoa. Like, I had been in Paris at an opening, and a, a group of girls from Japan came up, and just very emotional. Do you know my experience with Tokyo? Oh, you went alone? Oh, I did. Okay. I got asked to go to Tokyo for some press, and I happily accepted. I always wanted to go. And have you been to Tokyo, either of you? Mm-mm. It's like... Yes, but I'd like to go in the way you yeah, went. Yeah, it's the best way to go. Back to back to my birthplace, yeah. Right, so, you know, you get to Tokyo, and it was so incredibly organized, right? And so their handlers, like, met us right outside of the, right, the moment we got off the plane, and the guy was like, just so you know, there's a few people waiting out uh, front for you to maybe sign some photos. And I said, that's totally fine. Then we go through another set of doors, somebody else meets us, and they say the same thing, but they kind of up the number right? Like there's more than just a few. We did that maybe three times. And every time we went through a door, the new person greeting us was always upping the number of the amount of people outside of the gate. So by the time we enter into the main area where like you can leave, the place is fucking packed. Wow. Packed. It's the closest I ever felt to maybe what a Beatle feels like or what a (laughs) Justin Bieber feels like. So much enthusiasm and I was taken aback because I wasn't expecting it and nor am I used to it so I was like I don't know what the fuck to do I kind of just like ran through the little like pathway they made me and you know because I was just like holy shit but the just started running yeah I didn't know what to do I was like I don't know what to do (laughs) running scared I wasn't scared I was just completely overwhelmed (laughs) and beside myself and I was like shit and I I mean I mean Jesus it's also like a 12-hour flight right so I'm exhausted the amount of enthusiasm is what I was going to say over in Japan was, I mean, I, I can't, it, it blew my mind, blew my mind. Yeah. And I thought, and, and, and I knew we were popular in London, you know, from all of our experience with those, with those conventions and whatnot, but I'd never been to that part of the world. And I thought, oh my God, this show is so much more important than, or, or, or impactful than I realized. Yeah. Well, it gave people a voice. It gave people a chance to see themselves on, did. on television for the first time. Honestly, it took my breath away. I could not believe it. It made me so uh, proud to be on that show. I, I think that that word impactful is is the key word. I think that's why I took a little break because I, I didn't know what was going to be impactful for me next. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I do very much. Well, it wasn't Castle. We know that. <laughs> no, it's definitely yeah. not Castle. And, and just this is a little thing about the art. I had a moment where in a French class during COVID, one of the teachers used my art to just teach the kids about art. And so I have all these videos of these kids talking about different paintings, like Life Aquatic, which looks like the sea. And I burst into tears when I saw it. Um, and because first she asked permission, mm. and then I said yes. 
yes, I've done a museum show and yes, we've sold murals. And now I also, I help other female artists get their shows done. I'm not in that sponsorship anymore and I've gone full tilt into controlling so much of my art business. That, that's not the impactful moment. It's the emotional stuff. The same with entertainment. It's when you, you've touched somebody and they're talking to you and they're crying and they're like, I never saw myself on TV yeah. until I watched the show or something. You know, so I never thought I would have that moment with art, but I've had a couple of those moments. And, and one was an art teacher using my work to help a bunch of French kids like learn wow. about That's art. That's profound. Yeah. I would die. I mean, yes, yeah, the finale was good. All of those things were good. We just signed another um, artist, and and she's from Colombia, and she does these great installations with fabrics. It just sold, and that was a great moment. Like, it, like this is going to be amazing for this artist. So, so now I look at what can I do that's impactful. Like whether it's film, can I do something that's impactful? And and that's why I was happy to come back and do the reboot. And that's why I also felt like I wanted to be part of that story with Jennifer of. Let's tell a co-parenting story. Let's talk about what that is. And, and that's something that Eileen and I talked about. Impactful is the key word. I don't know how to explain it, but you're right, Kate. It's the key word. It's the word of the day. Impactful. No, it is impactful. <laughs> what I was going to ask you, Laurel, is when we see Tina again, it was, what was last year? God, COVID. Uh, yeah. Stop my brain from dates. It was 2019, it, right? Well, when it was on television, yeah, but we shot it the year before. It was on 2019. Yeah. Okay. For those amount of years that we haven't seen Tina, you come back and you're, she's engaged and they've separated. What do you think it was that made Bet and Tina finally end it? Because it looks like Tina's kind of got, in my opinion, she's really made that choice and she's not well, swaying from that decision. This is over. No, I, I, between Bet and Tina. Am I wrong? What do you think? Did I interpret that well, wrong? Well, I mean, who knows? I always interpret it like, Tina, no, we want to know what you right, think. Sure. Who cares what I think? <laughs> Who gives a shit? I don't know anything. No, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> no, you don't. It doesn't matter. I, it's just an opinion. I want to hear from the source. <laughs> the fuck? What? Who cares what I say? I think right now it's so obvious that Tina needs some scenes <laughs> with, with Shane and Right? Alice. Why? Well, the funniest thing that Kate and I were dying laughing over, <laughs> I have to say this one, Please. is that you were back and hanging out with everyone and Alice, Alice and Tina never saw each yeah. other. <laughs> Except for I like sleep on your couch the minute I get broken up with and like you know like oh yeah because we were like besties back in the day you were like tea I call you tea tea that's what we were laughing about in this iteration I it's like Shane saying to Alice like hey Al Tina's back in town whatever I gotta go see Nat bye yeah whatever tell her I said hi you guys all were like having lunch and having some weird conversation somewhere eating somewhere I wasn't there like what the hell I think it was like an alien experience. I got like beamed down from this like spaceship and then I just like landed on 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 the porch. It but, was a trip like, sitting with you the, and Jennifer that day shooting that scene. It was like what was that, that was really surreal. Well, do you guys remember when I cried at the read through? What? That's never happened. I cried. I cried at the read through right. when you were back. <laughs> and I've never had that, that happen to me. And to hear the second you guys started talking to to each other, I literally welled up and I like st- I was like wiping my eyes that my eyes would not stop watering. It was so meaningful, I think, because it was good. You know, the three of us were the only ones back at that point. We're, you guys were on a different journey, yeah, yeah, and we had been been on it for a while together. So you were the first person to come along from that time, 
And it, it just like, it overwhelmed me with happiness. I was just like, this is, it just felt Well, so Bet and Tina were also always like the, like they were like the hearth, right? <laughs> yep. Like the warm the anchor. And all of us yeah. were like kind of, you know, orbiting around and, you know, the anchor. doing our thing. But we could always, we were always reliant on both of you or one of you yeah. in our own troubles. Right. So to hear your voice uh, yeah. again that day. Oh my God. Can, can you remember how many scenes that you were on the porch? talking to us oh my god that goddamn porch yes <laughs> yes on that sound stage absolutely yeah but wait wait the read-through really quick I was emotional too look I hadn't done a read-through in 10 in almost nine years so that was surreal but I was like out of the corner of my eye I'm like see I see leash crying I see Jennifer starting to cry and then I'm trying to do the scene with you know my daughter your daughter Angie and I'm I'm so nervous and I'm like don't look over there because you're not gonna get the lines out <laughs> like, I was sitting next to them you wouldn't have <laughs> no but it was a, it was sort of again that kind of feeling that we used to get like you get this high from being all together we got this high from like having a good read through or we just be like there was a specific energy that came off of that set look back at that that six years and when I got plunked down in the room and that we were reading the energy was still there yeah the aliens were right at least I was feeling it from you guys I had tears in my eyes I didn't like break down in tears but I did get very I did get teary-eyed I have to say that day it was very poignant to hear your voice okay two questions one where do you think Bet and Tina will end up and two where do you want them to end up Oh, can we all answer this question? Okay. If you guys care what happens to Bentina, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Are you kidding? Trust me. Plenty of people care what happens to Bentina. I'm a romantic. So, of course, I always want to see, I don't know, as an actor, it's always interesting to play some tension and some unresolved issues. And maybe also in long-term relationships, you can't help but have that there. Um, but I, I think um, right now it looks like a co-parenting story you know, and what, what that's going to be. I don't, I don't know. I, I'd love to see them. I think we have to really find out who Carrie is, right? That's going to influence things. Yeah. Who is Carrie? I'm, I'm, who is Carrie? I'm pretty sure we'll find out. I, I guess we'll find out. Well, then what do you think it is that made Tina end things with like, yes, that was the good question. That, that okay. You would not go back to her. What is it? I think there must be something of how Tina is in this other relationship. Maybe a way that she's taken care of differently, but not to say she wasn't taken care of with Bet, but maybe there was probably a codependency with Tina where she was constantly sort of orbiting around someone that's like just a really bright star that has a lot of energy in every room. I think Tina loved that. She doesn't want to be that. That's why they make a good couple. They wouldn't be a good couple if Tina was like, I need to be that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Tina would never yeah, run sure. for office. Yeah. No way. She, if you told her to run for office, you're like, I can do that. She's good in a relationship because I think she puts a lot of energy also into the other person, into making a family. But when we came in on first season, she's sort of like a earth mother to everybody. She's like the person that people would go talk to. Yes. And she's not in a bar like searching yeah. or hooking up a lot. She did eventually hook up. She was grounded in this, in that relationship. She's grounded in her marriage. But somehow she gets lost. It, you see in fifth season that she sort of comes into her own. I think it started to cycle through again. It was like happening again. And it was also maybe, oh my God, when I'm with this person, they're fabulous and it's really intoxicating, but there's also a lot of drama. She might have wanted something mm. a little less dramatic. Something easier? Maybe. Do you think Tina appreciated and fully understanding like how to be autonomous in a relationship? Exactly. 
Actually, I'll take those words. Okay. They're perfect. Okay. It, and, but isn't that kind of a lesson that we all have to learn at some point? Yes. You know? Oh, Absolutely. don't get us started. Yes. Yeah. Really? You can't really be good in the relationship. <laughs> I can see you smiling. That's not like, it's, you have to have autonomy. You have to maintain that. You have to, it's a, you're maintaining your center and your sense of self. Especially in lesbian relationships. Right. I mean, we all, we do everything together. And yes. Your friends. We even go get our nails done together and friends, everything. All of it. Right. So it's really right. easy to forget to take care of yourself sometimes. I, I think all of those things are, are true and important. And, and like, sometimes there's almost like twinning, you know what I mean? Like you're mirroring all the time yes. and, and they had been together for so long. And I also just the mother aspect, I think there's a certain energy that you might put in, in those early years where you're like doing a lot of the toddler stuff, the early elementary. When a kid gets to be a teenager, you need to breathe a little bit. It depends on who's doing the most traveling or who's doing the most work. I think, obviously, it's very clear that they're both good parents. When Tina makes that decision, you know, to be a producer and she's out of town, it's a great compliment to Bet because she's saying, I know that our kid is okay in your hands. I need to go grab this dream because I've put so many dreams aside. It's almost identical to what you were saying earlier about you, where it was like you needed to claim your time. You needed to do that for yourself. It's very similar. It's very similar. It, it just happens in relationships. It, it definitely happens in relationships with kids. You see some of that being explored with Nat. You know, like kids take over a lot of time. They're immersed inside of everything. Do you know what I'm saying, Leash? Oh, yeah. And Alice knows because she, that's a, yeah. She's seeing it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why Shane doesn't want kids. Right. <laughs> It's very time-consuming. It's also why Alice doesn't want kids. <laughs> right. Alice is resentful of the kids. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I think that that dynamic, it was something I, that I could grab onto. And I think it's something that like Jennifer and I fleshed out. So before I kind of landed back down on the porch and that, you know, and, and that day, I'm going to go back to that day because you had to walk out of the scene and I was like in my spot, but I was trying to get out of your way, but you kept walking out the door and I was having this like surreal experience. It was like no time had passed. I know, but what's funny is I exited Bet's house and then a second later you knocked on the door. How did we not see each other in the front yard? <laughs> how, did we, how did I not like like wave to you in your car? <laughs> Just like, oh, hey, Tina. Like, after all, they like, that's insane. I'm going to blow off lunch at, at the planet or the Dana's. <laughs> or or yeah. was it like chasing your car down the street? Wait, I Alice, know. wait, it's I'm right here. It's, it's me. It's me. It's me. I just got off the plane. I'm busy, <laughs> Tina. I'm so sure. I can't, Tina. I can't, Tina. I can't. Yeah, not now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Is there anything you want to say to the fans? Because you are a loved person. Oh, God. Very much so. 
I'm just so grateful. One, the show was impactful. So to have television that you play a role on and, and it's impactful to people, that's a gift. And then to have the fans be as like loyal as they are, that's really special. It's beyond. You know, I have friends that have done tons of TV, like eight years on this, six years on this, but they don't necessarily have the same kind of fans that we do. So yeah. I feel kind of like, this is cool. <laughs> like, and you also started, I mean, the movie, The Incredibly True Adventures of Two Girls in Love. And, and then you went on and did a movie with the same producer, Dolly Hall. Exactly. It's funny, that's one of my New York memories, because we shot that movie there, and we and I would go to buy Glennie youth groups in the West Village. And How old were you when you did that? Um, I was in my t- early 20s. Baby Laurel. Like, I had just gotten to New York. It, I'd only been in New York for like six months. And I had gotten a play, and I cut all my hair off for the play. It was called The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. It was, uh, I played this character, Mick Kelly, and it was an adaptation of the novel. I, I met my agent at that time, and like that, that play kind of opened things up. I, I went from that play to that audition. It was an NYU student film. Like This is back when like someone would like, you make a movie for like nothing, right. and then everybody would like put everything together and try to get it into Sundance. You yep. know, it'd be like, wait, 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 you don't have another take because we don't have any more film left on that mat. Right. You know, like it right. was before the digital, you know. Yeah. And you'd be like, what? Those days are over. Those days are over. Like now you just do it again <laughs> and again. These are the, the shoot it on 16, blow it up mm-hmm. days. And that film got shot right after the play ended. And then um, it got shot in the summer. And then it got into Sundance that year. And that kind of, that definitely helped. That was such a good and, film. It was around the same yeah. time as Go Fish. Like all those movies, you were just like, ah! So exciting for a, young, for a young gay. Yeah, there was like a surge. And yours was like all over me, right? All over me, yeah. Such a different time. Amazing. We were so young. Wait, go back. Here is what happened to me when I tested. I walked in and I saw you and I was like, oh my God. I saw you in the bathroom. Well, that's the girl from all over me. And she's a musician and she's really hot and she's really cool. And, and I pray she's not going up for <laughs> Tina. She better not be going up for Tina. Like I was like, remember going to the bathroom going, please don't be going up for Tina. <laughs> what? We talked about something like it was like hairspray or do you have any, what was it? Somebody needed something. Oh, we went was into it? the bathroom together. Yeah. But what it, yeah. But we had a conversation about somebody needed something. Like you were like, do you have any hairspray or it was something. I was like, uh, no, like <laughs> hair wax or something. I don't know. Did you audition for Tina? No. I was just there, you know, they overlapped the audition. No, she was she was reading for Alice that day, but didn't you jump around and read a, a bunch of parts? I did. I ju- yeah, I jumped around. Oh, was this after I met you? It was. That must have been after we met and then you had a then you went back. That's okay. exactly. The initial very very first read I read for Shane and Tina. Amazing. And then I thought, oh, there's no way I can do Shane. <laughs> but I think the only reason was probably that some part of Randy Dean from Two Girls. Maybe they thought I could do Shane, but I was like, I no love way. hearing the stories of everyone like switching roles. I love oh, that. For sure. Like, leash, like it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Musical lesbian shares. Exactly. Didn't Erin read for different ones too? Erin read for Alice, I think. She did? No, she read for Bet. Erin read for Bet. Yes, that was it. Such a trip. It was Bet. 
I think it was bad. Can you imagine all these people in these? Di- if we all play different parts, it would be insane. I know. It would be a really different show. <laughs> I have to give credit to the casting. I think casting did an excellent job. Some really like special, unique choices. Yeah. yeah. And we had some good guests. Yeah, we did. Oh, my God. We had great guests. Rosanna Arquette. Do you remember that? I thought that was so fun. Are you kidding? I love Ro. She's the best. She's like, I was so happy when I heard that I um, she was going to play that role because I've always loved her work. One of the best. Oh. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. Such a great woman. And Anne Archer, this is going way back. Do you remember Anne Archer playing her mom? Oh, yeah. And such a cool woman. Lolita Davidovich. Do I remember? Of course. She's <laughs> amazing. I saw her at a hair salon last year. And I was like, yeah. the show's coming back. I'm hoping to God they'll they'll bring her back. And then Jane coming. Do you remember Jane Lynch coming in to play the lawyer? Yes, Joyce Wishnia. Yeah, can't believe I remember oh that God. character's name. All of it. I could not keep a straight face in any of those scenes. I was just like, oh my God. She had that the ovaries on her wall. Kelly Lynch. Kelly Lynch. I think Kelly Lynch. What she did? Well, she was impressive. What a cool woman. Oh my goodness. We had the best guest stars. I agree. I was always excited every season to be like, who's coming in this year? Because it was always going to be someone fascinating. And it, and, it, and it always was. Yeah, who's, who's it going to be? Oh, I, I also remember Elodie Boucher. Do you remember her? Yes. I think uh, Mia played a part in getting her yes. on. Yep. And I had seen her in Dream Life, uh, of, Dream Angels. Life of Angels, Great movie. which is an incredible French film. Oh my God, I love that film. Such so a beautiful much. movie. Sybil Shepherd, you guys? Yeah. Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. I mean, classic. Classic. We were in the bubble. We were. <laughs> Hello, Pants Podders. This is Rachel Shelley, your editor and producer here in the UK. At this point in the podcast, we would like to offer you a multiple choice of leave takings, goodbyes, exits, call them what you will. If you would like to hear a circumspect departure, which gives nothing away, press the fast forward 15 seconds button on your device eight times. Wait for it. Uh, Wait for it. Wait for it. Now. If you would like to hear a slightly revelatory, possibly spoilery salutation, press the fast forward 15 seconds button on your device exactly six times. Six. Uh, now, if, however, you would like to hear everything as recorded, the whole kit and caboodle, do nothing. With a nod to Leisha's role model, Dory, just keep listening, just keep listening, just keep listening. Well, Laurel, I don't want to give anything away, but are we, see you on set. Yeah. Are we allowed to say we'll see you soon? I can't wait. I'm so happy I get oh, to see you soon. Uh, yeah, I think you can. As of a couple of days ago, I think it's all good. Is that a secret? Is this a fucking secret? Why would it be a secret? We could, we could phrase it differently. I'll say, I'll see you really okay. soon. How do you phrase it? <laughs> I'll see you soon with your mask on. <laughs> we hope to see you soon, Laurel. Uh, well. <laughs> I hope to see you really soon, Laurel, either for a social distancing coffee or at work. <laughs> Right, like, or a socially distanced coffee oh, at work. Let's have a, exactly. Yeah, let's have a coffee at, at work. Dana's. With our mask. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm excited to see you very shortly. That's all we've said. We haven't said anything else. We're just going to say that. That's it. I don't think it's a secret. Why is it a secret? It's... Or we could do we could do alternate endings. So we'll do that one. We'll do the sea at work. We'll do the maybe we'll have coffee at work. Maybe we'll have coffee and at work. So yeah, we could play all three. You know endings. what Rachel's doing right now? She's like, "How am I going to edit this?" <laughs> she's like, "Damn it!" She says that to herself every week because she's like, "These people are nightmares." <laughs> she's like, "What did I do this for?" We can play it really coy now and say, "Laurel, we really hope we get to see you soon." Nod, nod, wink, wink. I hope I get to see you guys soon. Nod, too. nod, wink, wink. We sure do. Yeah. Guess we'll find out soon if that's the truth. 
Have to wait and see. I mean, that's the real fucking annoying way to do it. But if I was an audience member listening to that, I'd be like, come on, just say it for Christ's sake. Well, I think it'd be fun if she played all those endings. Multiple choice. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Well, Laurel, we sure love you. It was great catching up. <laughs> it was great catching up. I really feel like you should come back on because there's so many things we didn't talk about. Yeah, I agree. Doesn't feel like we're back in the trailer again and we're just talking about stuff. Like, it, like it could just go on. It's again, it's like at that little bit of a high that you get, and you're like, oh, we could just keep talking, or there's more to talk about. It does. You're right. Yes. Yes. That's why our crew yeah. would always treat us like like they were trying to wrangle cats when we all had group scenes because we all were just like. Bunch of a bunch of biddies just yapping away. We forgot what we were completely there. Completely forgot yeah. we were at work, and we just wanted to like engage with one another and laugh and talk and 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 enjoy each other's company. I know it was beautiful. It was so special. You know what I also realized, and it could be anything. Like it was a span of everything. Like you could be talking about I don't know. Like where'd you get that belt? To- what do you think? Should I should I should I get a dog or not? Like everything truly like encompassed yeah. everything. And if you got a new dog, it would be like I got to get my dog and meet the new family. It's a whole family. It's every Everybody that lives in these trailers and they're all right here and they all have the same dogs. It was like, oh, by the way, I had a baby. Want to meet my baby? <laughs> you know, it's like- it was like Melrose Place outside. There must have been something in, in the cosmos when we all got put together in what, 2002 to make that be what it is. Like there had to have been some sort yeah. of cosmic event. And I should look that up to see because Jesus Christ. Maybe it was the same aliens that brought laurel back to us put laurel back on the porch you know what what just flashed into my mind when you guys were saying that is i went to a party that aaron had and it's the same thing like the minute i see her and i think you guys probably see her even more but it's just like boom i just feel like there's an electricity i feel excited i can't wait to see her smile i can't wait to hear what crazy funny things gonna come out of her mouth you know (laughs) it's just instant maybe because we were just it feels like we were sort of babies when we all started Kate, you were the, oh, the sure. youngest baby. I, was, I know. I was, a, I was a little bumpkin. We grew up a lot. Well, listen, I hope Alice and Tina get to have a, have a hang soon. Well, you certainly blew her off last year, so maybe she doesn't want to be your friend. Next time you're in town, Tina, <laughs> maybe reach out. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Tina didn't call me. Well, yeah. Maybe because you were so rude to her when she was walking up to Beth's door, you just brushed right past her. She said, fuck it. I'm not going to call her. I'll call Shane. I'm just, I want to go. Maybe. Okay. Screw it. She thinks she's so special. I'll just have coffee with Shane and Ben. Maybe you've just gotten too famous, Alice. You're too famous to be bothered. Oh, yeah, totally. Did I do something horrible to you in the season finale? That you can't remember. <laughs> Aside from killing, yeah. being accused of killing someone in her pool. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did pick your pool to do it in. I do have to tell you this. Someone sent me a scene where Leisha and I are like arguing. Do you remember when you bring somebody on set and I'm mad at you? Someone sent it and it's all translated in Italian. It's all like dubbed and we're screaming at each other in Italian. I don't remember that in Italian. <laughs> all right, I'll send it to yes, you. please. Someone sent it to me. Yeah, you didn't know how well you spoke Italian, did you? <laughs> I sure didn't. And it's, it's so- I always liked the scenes, Laurel, when Tina would let loose. Just like get drunk or it was so much fun. When we got her away from bed. When we got her away from bed. Might answer your question to like that's a little bit of who she is away from the formality of like being right. with Beth. We just had so much fun those days. Do you remember when we did the we were dancing and we ate the pot brownies? Yes, of course. Yes, exactly. And we got up on the table. On the on the coffee table. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. just FYI, we didn't really eat any 
brownies like for real while we were shooting i well, should say that says right? you no i'm kidding we didn't <laughs> <laughs> let them think what they want it's 2020 <laughs> we didn't i i truly believe that that was when you know because if you think about tina's history she was flipped by bet and i think hanging out with bet's friends which is you guys she found herself you know what i mean like that that was her place that was her tribe those were her people we had fun i i remember those days shooting those scenes and it was always so much fun Oh my it god! Was infectious it was... and it was fun and energetic. Yeah. God, and we just would like think up things on the fly and do it. And Mia was a really fun, crazy part of that. Oh, the too. best, the best. Are you kidding? Like the, <laughs> the best, the best. <laughs> Absolutely, like never knew what was going to come next with her, and it was, it, and it never yeah. disappointed ever. It was super fun. She, ever. we, we actually hung out in Venice a little bit. Yeah, good. It'd be fun if there was a standalone episode where all the old characters <gasps> came back and it was oh, sort of like someone had a Oh, that would be good. That's such a gift. Out of it. Yeah. You did. That's a really good did gift. Did I just think of a good idea? Oh, my God. I see. Like, oh. the wheels are did turning. Can you imagine how much... F- and then you kind of wake up. You're like, oh, my God. How much fun. What a fun week of work. Oh, God. <laughs> I wouldn't want it to end. Super fun. Well, Laurel, we love you so much. Thank I you, love for, you guys. for coming on to Pants. I've realized to say, to, do you want to come on Pants... It's terrible. <laughs> it's so much fun talking. I can keep talking. Okay. But outside the podcast, we have to have a, a COVID drink or something. I don't know. Yes. We keep it. We keep the podcast kind of tight so Rachel doesn't kill herself with editing. Yeah. We have to kind of give her like 45 minutes tops. But we're going to do this again. We love you bunches. And, and see you at work soon, Laurel. All right. Thanks, guys. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we will. Love you bunches. Love you. See you soon. Maybe I'll see maybe you. Maybe I'll see you in a couple weeks. Maybe not. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Mwah. Bye. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye, guys. That was awesome. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Pants. Thank you for listening to Pants at Podcast, brought to you by Leisha Haley and her best friend, Kate Minnick. Rachel Shelley is our editor and producer over in the UK. Please listen and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want Pants to keep going, hit that subscribe button. You can follow Pants on Twitter and Instagram at The Pants Pod. If you like us, leave us a review on iTunes. You can email us a question at pantspodcast.yahoo.com. Theme song by Carolina Para from the band CSS. And graphics are by Love Fox. Pants. Pants.